Hello and welcome to Property Money Trees, Maximising Property Values, the once a month show where I break down the steps of how to recognise, enhance and then extract the values in property in order to create wealth. Would you like to find out how you can benefit from the steps of maximising property values? This is even if you don't own a property yet or have a deposit. If that's a yes, then you're in the right place to find out. My name is Patricia Ogunfaber, and although many know me for my work as a solicitor, on this show you will be getting the benefit of my 30 plus years worth of experience of maximising property values, experience which has given me a net worth in millions. So who might benefit from listening to this show? Literally anyone with an interest in creating property wealth. Today, I'm going to talk about the five different ways in which you can secure that killer property in order to create wealth. And one of them is relatively inexpensive. The real essence of securing is to make sure that you have the legal rights to enhance and exploit the property when you are ready to do so. With all five of these ways, you will need a contract that sets out a price or prices. It must be in writing it must be dated and it must be signed. So when I say contract, I mean a document that ticks all of these boxes. So the five ways in which you can secure a property are one, by entering into a binding contract. So an example of this would be normal buying of property in the UK. You see a flat or a house or a building that you like you have a look at the property you make an offer to buy it the owner accepts your offer you arrange a mortgage on the property if you are not buying um, for cash which is most people then you get to a point where your solicitor says yes it is a good buy from a legal point of view and then you exchange contracts. When you exchange contracts, you will also have to pay a deposit at that point. And this deposit is normally a percentage of the purchase price that you would have agreed with the owner. The normal percentage is 10%, but you could agree a 5% or a 20%. It really depends on what the parties agree. Now, This is called a binding contract or an unconditional contract. So what that essentially means, and for most people, it's that you will pay the rest of the purchase price on a particular date, which is usually 28 days from the date of the contract itself. And that really is that. So that's a good way of securing a property where you need to have full control over that property and you've got the money and you can buy it immediately. That is perfect. You've got your property, you can do what you like with it. So I said that normally you would pay the rest of the purchase price 28 days after the date of the contract. That date is referred to as your completion date. B 
but your completion date doesn't have to be 28 days after the date of the contract. It could be six months after the date of the contract. It could be a year after the date of the contract. It could be five years or 10 years after the date of the contract, but you're very unlikely to find an owner who will agree to that. So with binding contracts, it's very rare to find them where the completion date is more than two years after the date of the contract. What if you need more time? That is when you might want a conditional contract. So the owner knows that they're not tied in forever and you also have a time frame within which to work. So a conditional contract is a contract that sets out one or more conditions which will need to be satisfied in order for completion to take place. If the conditions cannot be satisfied, then the contract becomes void and it just falls, it just falls away. So an example of a conditional contract would be one that maybe says if planning permission is obtained, it would be a binding contract, but it would be subject to planning permission being granted by the local authority in question. So the owner in that situation might say, I need you to get your planning permission within six months or nine months or 12 months or 18 months or two years. So you need to know how long it, it will take you to get planning permission if that is your situation. Most contracts which are conditional on planning permission being obtained are normally for one or two years, depending on the complexity involved. If the purchase and the development is going to be quite involved and complicated, then a conditional contract might not be the best thing to use. What you might prefer to use to secure the property would be the third way, which is options. Now, you have two types of options. You can have an option that allows you to buy, which is called a call option, or you can have an option which allows you to sell something that's not even yours, which is called a put option. The property in the main, although you can have either of them, most people get involved with call options because owners are not too keen on put options. And also, if you are going to enter into a put option with an, with an owner, you have to pay quite a lot of money up front. So call options tend to be the most common type of options that you will find with properties. So the option is the right which is given to you to either buy or sell, but you don't have to buy or sell. So whilst you have the right, you don't have an obligation to carry through with that right. So that can actually be quite good. Then you also have to set out either a fixed price at which you will buy or a fixed price at which you can sell, but you don't have to use a fixed price. You could use a formula. It really depends on what suits you best. These options can 
become valuable. If you enter into options, it is actually best that you register your interest in the land, which is the option, at the land registry because this will protect you. Another way to secure property is using a hybrid. An example of that is a purchase lease option. So that has a combination of purchasing, which is buying, of leasing, which is renting, and also an option. Now, these are actually quite good and they can be relatively inexpensive. With ordinary options, if you are dealing with somebody who lives in the house, that is very risky because one, there's nothing to make them honour the agreement that you have with them, even though it's binding and you can sue on it. Because if you go to court and you're trying to get them out of the house in which they live, the courts are not going to look very favourably on your action. So it's best really not to deal with owner-occupiers. With purchase lease option agreements, there's a bit more security because you will be in possession of the property in question. You will usually have to spend a little bit of money up front to get it into a state that can yield you more rent. You will also have to pay monthly rent to the owner. But if you can do your upfront works fairly quickly, let's say within a month, and you can let out the property quite quickly thereafter, you shouldn't be out of pocket by too much. But you will still have to agree an option price, if I can call it that, with the owner. Yes, it can be as little as absolutely nothing, a peppercorn, as people will say, or it could be one pound, but that is most unrealistic. Why would anyone want to give you their property for a peppercorn or one pound? Fine, you might say because you'll be paying them rent, which is more than they're getting at the moment. Yes, that may well be, but chances are they are going to want a little bit more than a peppercorn or one pound up front. Now, regarding the rent itself that you pay to them, that is not, again, being realistic, going to be less than whatever it is that they are having to pay out every month. It's more likely than not going to be their mortgage amounts together with a little bit extra, particularly if they have an interest-only mortgage. If they have a capital repayment mortgage, then it could well be that they will agree for you to just pay their mortgage amounts for them, which you then would need to ensure that the capital element that you're paying is deducted from whatever price you agree to pay to them at the end of the period that you've agreed. Now, most purchase lease option agreements usually go for five or 10 years. 10 years being the norm with a break clause stroke a rent review in year five. 
And that works best because five years is long enough for you to have worked out if it is a good strategy for you or not. The last way in which to secure is through shared ownership. Now, shared ownership is going to be quite tricky if you are dealing with somebody who has a mortgage and they hold that property in their own name. But it becomes so much easier if the property is the only property in a limited liability company. So what you can then do is you can have one of two things. You can have a variation of a purchase lease option agreement, or you could have something completely different. What you do is you get the owner to issue you shares in the company, and then you change the articles of association of the company to make sure that the owner can't then go and issue even more shares, thus diluting your ownership in the company. Because the company owns the property, therefore also your ownership in the property. That will give you the most amount of security. The second way in which you can use shared ownership is if you want to buy a property but you don't have enough money to pay both the deposit and also do the necessary work so that you can enhance and start to exploit it immediately, you can then agree with the owner that you carry out the works in return for a share in that property. Again, as I've said, best that you it, the property be in a limited liability company and you are given so many shares upfront so that you are quite secure. And then what happens is you go in, you do the works, those works will enhance the value to a certain extent and then once the works are completed, you go and you get a mortgage which will allow you to completely buy the owner out. Now, because you've already got a share in that property, most lenders will be quite happy to treat and use that as your deposit in the property so you won't then need to find any more money well not very much in any event than what you've already put into it those are five main ways in which you can secure a killer property but the one thing that you must make sure your solicitor does for you and this is not something that you should do on your own not with any of them, you should really get a very good solicitor. Ask them how many of whichever way you've chosen, how many they do a year. Ask them how many have resulted in litigation um, and go from there. When you're asking the solicitor, it is best to put your query in writing and they will respond in writing and that will give you again security that the solicitor that you are employing 
is experienced in the area or the option or the route that you've decided to go with. Your solicitor will then make sure that whichever route you've decided upon, that they register that route with the land registry in order to further protect your interests. Another thing with options and purchase lease options is that they are quite valuable in their own rights. So you could, for instance, have agreed to buy a property in 10 years time. Say the property is worth £50,000 today. You agree to buy it for £55,000 in 10 years time. What if in five years time, that property is worth £65,000? That would mean that on paper, you've made a £10,000 profit and your option is therefore worth £10,000. Now, you can exercise your right to buy that property at that point, or you could simply sell the option to somebody else. And if you sell the option to somebody else, let's say for £6,000, you've made a £6,000 profit for doing not very much. If it's a simple option, you've done nothing at all apart from enter into the option and you've made £6,000, obviously less whatever you paid for the option in the first place, let's say £1,000. So your pure profit, your net profit is £5,000. If you entered into a purchase lease option agreement, you've also actually been supplementing your income with the difference in rent that you've paid to the owner of the property and what you yourself have been able to receive from tenants. So it's an even better situation for you. Whatever it is that you do, just make sure that your interests are fully protected and that when you are ready to enhance and exploit the property, that you are able to do so. Thank you for joining me today. And I hope that at the very least, you have found the talk thought provoking. There will be some bonus scenes being released over the next few weeks. So please do come back. If you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe. In any event, please do rate and review the episode because it would be great to read your feedback. Thank you very much and hopefully see you next month.